Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I'm your host, Will McFadden. We are going to be breaking down the first loss of the 2023 season. And here to help me do that is former Falcons fullback, Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, you are up in Detroit for this game. Tell me about that, man. I still have the stupid uh, Detroit tag on or uh, (laughs) the club uh, access thing. It was super cool. And very nostalgic because my last regular season career game was in Detroit in 2011. So it was back to the scene of the crime where I got my MCL torn and um, had to realize that my career was over. Uh, But I got to go on the team playing and, uh, you know, hang out with the sponsors and, you know, be in the tunnel with the guys and saw Clayus before the game. I was like, (laughs) hey, man, handle business out there. And he he, he tried, you know, didn't do everything he wanted to do, but Saw more Jesse Bates and got to hang out with uh, Tom McClure, TJ Duckett, Jonathan Babineau, nice. Brian Jordan, and uh, Brian Scott. Uh, and we were we were all the alumni that were shaking hands, kissing babies. But it was just a, a nice trip, me and the wife, to go and uh, you know get recognized, get uh, you know, some nice meals, and and really just enjoy uh, my first away game ever with the Falcons as a fan going there. So it was a, a interesting experience. Everything was great except for the whole losing part. Yeah. I, I mean, did you being around the team in the, uh, you know, before times before today's loss, like, did you see this one coming at all? No, no, we had uh, the same swagger, the same excitement, the same, uh, you know, uh, just feeling that we were moving forward. We were learning from our mistakes. Some of the mistakes that you saw here, we saw glimpses of in game one and game two. We won those games, but we're nowhere near perfect. And so we're like, all right, we're going to fix those things. We didn't fix those things. In fact, they, it got worse. So, um, yeah, we got yeah, worse. Yeah, it, it, it did get worse in, in some big ways. Uh, and so we're going to get into all of that. Uh, today's episode is probably going to be short and sweet. There's really not too, too much to get into uh, on this one, unfortunately. I mean, it was just kind of an ugly game all the way around, Um, but we'll get into that right after this. But first, football is back, and BetOnline is the number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the -the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns you need. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Where should we start, Ovi? <laughs> 
Man, like my, my voice is a little hoarse because I was yelling and screaming tell. because they were saying, hey, we got 200, you know, uh, sponsors and Falcons fans and players. We got to yell like crazy. So I was, you know, the sea of uh, uh, blue and we're like yelling, trying to get our team hype. And, you know, boy, Jesse Bates at the interception. I was going crazy. You know, WFU, let's go. And uh, my voice ain't, ain't, ain't all there. But we were excited because we felt like we were coming in with some momentum. We beat a really good team last week, uh, a team that actually beat the Saints, right? The Packers beat the Saints tonight? Is that how it works? Right. Yeah, they did, 18-17. Yeah. So it made us feel good that the team we beat, you know, beat them, but we couldn't get our act together. So as far as starting, let's start with the seven sacks that happened to Desmond Ritter. Let's start with that. You know, uh, it, it's, it's a, a dual big topic of the offensive line and Desmond Ritter just underperforming today. I've seen the back and forth of the fans saying, oh, Ritter's fine. It's just he didn't have time to throw. The offensive line is, is was horrible. And we paid lots of money, lots of picks, and focused on this. We got to do better. I said, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, I understand the fans who have a knee-jerk reaction of Ritter's trash. He's out of here. He's not the guy. I'm done. And that's a, an easy knee-jerk reaction to have after – he almost got half his receivers killed through the behind yeah. the other half of them and then over through like the third half, which doesn't exist. But it was just not good enough. Like college quarterbacks can make the throws that he was missing. And for him being a great college quarterback, you know, in the playoffs and all that good stuff and having the experience, I thought that I'd get the fourth quarter, third, third and fourth quarter Green Bay Packers designator. The one that last week I was like, hey, it's – this might be our guy. This guy was putting together drives and moving the ball. And, you know, I thought he had this old little Brady time and felt like he <laughs> could be the guy in the moment. You know, not not nearly the, you know, the world breaker that we want him to be, but he was taking a step forward. These were steps backwards. And if you just watch Ritter's Day, you say he's done. So I think it's too soon to go with the large majority of the Falcons fan base say, He's not the guy. He's out of here. Don't like it. I get their feeling. But if he does this two, three times in a row, you're right. Every quarterback, even great ones, are going to have a bad game. This was a bad game by Ritter. So I'm just hoping that this is something that he can, you know, set it, forget it, move forward, and be the guy that we saw third, fourth quarter last game. Yeah, I'm so glad that that's, I mean, where else could we start, frankly? Like Desmond Ritter and the offense just, could not get anything going, but there was a moment in this game right after he got Kyle Pitts killed on one play or Johnny Smith killed on one play. Yeah. Matt Collins killed on the next. Yeah. And I, I tweeted, on? yeah, I was like, Desmond Ritter is not doing his receivers any favors today with his ball placement. And I like, I was like, that's just objectively true. Again, like yeah. two guys had to go off with, with absolute like crushed lungs. <laughs> and then I went back and kind of read the comments, which I, I never do. But this one, I just noticed that so many people were kind of getting mad at me being like, what are you talking about? It hit him in the hands. He's got to catch. And I'm like, OK, guys, there's there's a in in the NFL. Every quarterback should be able to hit the receiver in the hands. Like, yeah, that's besides the point. If your bar is like he hit him in the hands, he has to catch that. Then then don't evaluate NFL football. Every single quarterback has to hit the receiver in the hands. That's like the bare minimum ball placements in the NFL 
is so finite and particular that yeah. we're talking about, all right, are you leading a receiver to or away from the defender? Are you putting it, you know, where they can protect themselves while making yeah. a catch or turn up field and maybe get yards after the cat? Like there are so many nuances that when you see a, a receiver essentially or a quarterback essentially end a drive because his receivers cannot hang on to the ball because they're yeah. getting crushed over the middle, then that's worth calling out. On the flip side, there's a play where it's like third and 15 and Desmond Ritter absolutely delivers a rope down the field on like a dig route for a first down. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we've seen that several times this season. That's what it looks like when it's good. And I put it out there and then it's like, that's what finally happens when the offensive line gives him time, blah, blah. And it's, it is weird where I'm like, on the one hand, I feel like a lot of y'all were crushing Matt Ryan for yeah. years. And and now it's like, well, if Desmond Ritter gets the time, if Desmond Ritter's receivers don't drop passes, and I'm like, okay, but he's also still just like dirting balls on like third and six. And that's not that's one thing we never have to really worry about with Matt Ryan. And again, comparing no. Desmond Ritter to Matt Ryan is 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 not even fair because no, and yeah, he, we should. He wasn't drafted as high. He doesn't have the arm talent. He's not the the caliber of quarterback that Matt Ryan, you know, is, was, however you want to put it. You might still come back. Who knows? Uh, but Desmond Ritter, we expected more of him. Like, I, I want basic QB throwing catch capabilities for my quarterback. And I didn't see that for the majority of the game. Uh, poor Drake London trying to get into this game and, you know, makes a great move, almost wide open. Ritter's missing him. Kyle Pitts dying to become the Kyle Pitts we wanted to, we, we want to see. And yep. getting overthrown. And just, like, these guys got to be – I know the team line is to say, and I heard a lot of them say, he's my quarterback, I'm going to stick with him. You know, I'll be, I'll be disappointed if they said anything else. But in their heart of hearts, when they go to sleep at night, you know, when it's just <laughs> them and they're like, there's, you know, sniffing other or just them and whoever they want to talk to, Bill Talk has to say, this is some bull crap. Like, how can I – have in high school, my quarterback hit me on open on a route, and this guy can't. And with pressure, I get it. There was no pressure, and Ritter was missing some of these throws. Some of the times he got sacked was because he wasn't getting rid of the ball. He didn't understand how to throw the ball away. He was holding it too long. Maybe he couldn't make the right reads. I just wasn't – I wasn't happy. Like a lot of the Falcons fans today, I was not happy with my quarterback. But I also know that – even Ovi Mahaley had bad games. There were times <laughs> where I, I missed a block no. or I had a fumble. I mean, right? Great. You, would, you would think that, you know, I'm perfect, right? But I'm You not, are perfect. I, yeah, I try, but I had bad games. But what I did after that, I think, was sh- showed a lot about how I progressed as an athlete or as a professional. Ritter needs to have one hell of a game next week. And even if it's not like he's getting four or five hundred yards, he needs to just be more uh, – have more command uh, of his play. His completion percentage needs to be up. He needs to be able to connect mm-hmm. with his, his uh, wide receivers. Not get him killed is you know, a nice one. Be able to work with the offensive line to where if there are blitzes, make the right checks, get rid of the ball, be aware of the field. Just I want my quarterback to be a quarterback. So um, he's got some, some work to do. Yes, and and we can end the uh, Ritter conversation, but not the offensive conversation. No, no. Here, but I, I thought Jeff Schultz uh, and his column for the athletic kind of summed it up pretty nicely. And his whole column was on Desmond Ritter, but this part in particular, I thought really encapsulates what we're kind of getting at. And he says, quote, the Falcons have a Ritter problem because even with clear protection issues on one side of the ball, seven sacks, 
and an anemic pass rush on the other. Zero. The yeah. primary difference between Atlanta and Detroit on Sunday was the play of their quarterbacks. Jared Goff made plays. Ritter made mistakes. End quote. Ooh. So what Jeff Schultz is pointing out there is, okay, even with a stark disparity in defensive play, or at least in terms of pressure on the quarterback, seven sacks for the Lions, zero for the Falcons, which we'll get to that in a second. But yeah. It was it was still a game that was kind of in the balance for a majority of the afternoon. The difference was the passing game for Atlanta and the quarterback involved in making that happen kind of couldn't get into a rhythm. They could not figure out, you know, ways to sustain sustain drives when the passing game is the focal point. And so I did some digging after today's game and the Falcons have had 11 three and outs so far this season, which kind of seems like a, a lot. You know, they've yeah. had like five in, in a two of their games. The Packers game, they only had one three and out, which I was a little bit uh, surprised by because it felt like more in real time. But of those 11 three and outs, do you want to take a guess, Ovi, how many of those started with a pass play? Um, uh, very few. Eight. Eight of those three and outs, the first play, the first down play, was a pass play. So, so that means that we should probably not have our first down play as a pass play if you want less three and outs. That's, um, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a total causation, but there is a, a correlation there for sure. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Desmond Ritter has, hasn't been completing. He hasn't been uh, getting some of these first down, staying ahead of the chains, but... If you get the ball in Algier or Bijan, you, you know your lease can get you know three or four yards. You're going to move the chain, stay ahead of the downs, and then give yourselves options on second and third down. But you miss it on first, and it's second and ten. You got two downs to figure out what you're going to do, and you're much more confined with the amount of plays you can run. So I, I just, I really want to see more. Uh, and and Jeff Schultz has told no lies at <laughs> all. But our offensive line, we we. We've shown improvement, like the seven sacks. I don't know that your stats said, but I, I just don't feel like that's who we are. But that happened today. And this defensive line for the, the Detroit Lions, they're good. They're, they're really good. But they're not like world beaters. They, they, there's, there's no Aaron Donalds on, on this defensive line. Even, even though Hutchinson uh, looked great. <laughs> first, Jesus Christ. Like, he looked great. Like, he is really yeah. raising this game. Uh, I don't know what type of stanky leg dance he was doing, but he was dancing all over us as him and the whole – team were sack happy so we got to do better uh is, is the biggest understatement for our offensive line in the history of understatements our offensive line could not get our you know rookie-ish quarterback killed like that because he's already trying to figure out himself that's hard to do when you got guys trying to mug you uh every single play so I, I like that you went here because I actually kind of was along the same line of thought with the offensive line. And I went back to look at your career to see if you were ever part of a team where a unit kind of didn't have that much change 
mm-hmm. in terms of personnel, but just did have change in terms of like they were great one year and and not as great the next year. And it was actually yeah. your first to second year with the Ravens, 2003 to 2004. The run game and the offense overall was amazing in 2003. Jamal Lewis, over 2,000 yards, I, I think I saw. And, and then the next year, he was hurt. He only played 12 games, but you guys were like sixth in points per game offensively in 2003 and 20th in 2004. And I just, can you go back in time in your mind yeah. to kind of that training camp, that summer going on in 2004? And did you see that coming? Were the vibes the same? And and is there a way to, does this just happen, I guess, is, is my poor way of asking this question. Can well, it happen to an offensive line or, or something like that? Well, yeah, I, I saw it coming because, uh, A, I wasn't starting. So I wasn't the fullback <laughs> in 03. I did, I did look at that, yep. So in 2005, that's when I got my first chance because Alvin Ricard went down and Harold Morrow, the fullback, best team guy, went down. And O'Malley got a, his chance to finally shine. But in uh, 04, I think we were – Either changing the guy who's calling the plays. There was some a shakeup in the, the OC and, and Bill, uh, Coach Billick and uh, the play calling, and we had a couple of wrinkles. It was just weird. Uh, we were trying to okay, so there was there was some difference. Yes, there. so gotcha. we, we were trying too hard when we should have just played bully ball, you know. And you needed to, maybe that's what the back. offensive line is is doing. Maybe they're pressing. Maybe maybe yeah. all off season, you know, we sat here and said. The Falcons' offensive line is is a strength. They're good to go. You paid them like a strength. They should be a strength. Yep. Uh, these, these are guys who got some big contracts and and guys who we want to um, be able to lean on, especially that right side of the line, to where we know that if we run that way, we're getting yards because these guys are getting money. Yeah. And uh, that's that. That wasn't the case. We we weren't getting uh, the movement as consistently as we wa- we wanted to. Bijan still showed some uh, Bijan stuff, and Algiers played some some real tough nosed football. But those guys can't do what they need to do when we're down by like two scores. And when we're trying to, to catch up and have explosives, we can't always count on Bichon. And I just don't think they blocked for him the way they did against Green Bay. Yeah. And I don't know if it was – their defense is much better than Green Bay, but – Did it seem like Detroit had a read on Atlanta's offense yes. every single play? I don't want to blame the coaches because players can raise we, – we can outplay any – bad coaching, but I feel like they had a great game plan watching us yeah. did for uh, against Green Bay last week, and they had people in place to stop all of our stuff, running sideways, going through the gaps. Bijan couldn't really be Bijan uh, today because they had him corralled, and he still had some great flashes, but it, it wasn't as easy to do what we did in previous games. No, it, it definitely wasn't. He had 10 carries, 33 yards. He did have um, four catches, 27 yards. So total 14 touches, 60 yards. Tyler Algier, seven carries for 12 yards. That's a 1.7 yards per carry. I saw yeah. one, uh, they showed a replay where he like ran two guys over and just it's, it's all. That was, like a, that was a reception. I, th- I think he oh, had a 16 yard okay. catch. That was basically his best play of the, of the afternoon. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was not, not a good day for Atlanta's offense, um, overall, and, and they're going to have to get that figured out pretty quickly. Um, cause they're going up against a Jacksonville defense that their defensive line is going to be able to make, uh, life very hard on Jared Goff or sorry, not Jared Goff. Wow. Desmond Ritter, um, yep. once again, so they're going to have to get that figured out, but let's real quick before we get out of here, flip over to the uh, defensive side of the ball yeah, they need some love. for Atlanta. Not I love. Yeah, I, I think that 
by and large, like holding Detroit to 20 points is not the worst performance. However, like on a day when your opponent has seven sacks and you again have zero, uh, like what's going on with Atlanta's pass rush, man? We um we we saw some land pass rush. That's why we're two and zero before. So I know it's in there. I uh, I saw they, re- they did a replay. Clay is Campbell, and uh, he just he didn't seem himself. Like he had, one of the touchdowns that uh, Detroit had, he was right there and crashed down way too hard. Didn't keep contained. I guess he got fooled by the fake. And um, I got I, I saw him for the game. My dad must have have a great game. Maybe I'm bad luck, but uh, he didn't have one of his <laughs> best games. And uh, I just feel like our defense has has got to be a difference maker because uh, offensive line being bad, that's what we're known for. Defense being non-existent is what we're known for. We're usually in the, you know, the worst in every category in defense. Jesse Bates, that's a thing of the past. But we also need our front line, our dogs, our, our big guys to to play fast, to, to make plays, to get get back in there. We need the, the Bud Dupree's and the Grady Jarrett's to, you know, not just have flashes, but to really show up. It didn't happen. And uh, we can't win games if we're zero to somebody's seven. No, I mean, you've got to be able to generate more pressure more consistently. But that's kind of really my only quibble with the, the defense so far. Like, they're yeah. getting stops on third and one. They're making... They're getting interceptions. You know, Jesse Bates has been, he's tied for the league lead so far three, in interceptions. Maybe three. That's awesome. Three and three right. games. That's so good. Like you're kind of getting the play out of, I, like by and large, I really, again, thought the secondary kind of contained outside of the Laporta touchdown, which, you know, just seemed like a total breakdown in coverage. I kind of thought, again, the Falcons defense did their part today. Yeah. I don't take umbrage with the way that they played outside of the fact that I would just like them to get more pressure on the yeah. quarterback. I mean, even not pressure, like just hurries, like sacks yeah. be nice, but, but hurries some pressure. Golf had too much time. You know, he, he looked comfortable. He, he was able to, you know, pick us apart at times. And even though we bended a little bit and bent a couple field goals, we, I mean, we didn't get the pressure. And so our DBs were, were stretched in and they broke a couple times. So I, I would like for us to, to uh, change the narrative of the Falcons, you know, can't get a pass rush past, you know, 2016 Big Beasley uh, having, you know, yeah. a random year. Like, I-, I want that to be our normal. And to have with guys who can consistently do that, not just Grady, you know, sneaking in through the middle and getting some lucky sacks. I want a guy who's going to make them have to double or-, or they have to game plan around him because we have a dog out there. So hopefully these guys can show up. Yeah, I'm tired of letting Aiden Hutchinson look like prime Patrick Kearney. Let's right. go get a prime Patrick Kearney once again of our own. <laughs> He's good. Maybe he is this good because yeah. I ever thought Aiden Hutchinson was like, you know. I again, did. I did. I'll uh, raise my hand. I thought he was great. I, I, I watched Hard Knocks and I, I saw him struggle. I knew he was getting better, but he put on a show. Like, he was a rookie in training camp. It was his so first true. training camp, dude. He, he, he <laughs> He's grown the way that I expected Ritter to grow. Like I, he, again, he has more reps, but I just want people to get better. Don't go backwards. Go yeah. forward. Offensive line, we should move forward. And Aiden's done a great job. He, he was very impressive in person and made us look like uh, children. <laughs> he did. But the, uh, the Falcons will have a chance to, uh, to move forward, to move to 3-1, and one, hopefully next weekend when they travel across the pond 
for a uh, meeting with the Jacksonville Jaguars on, you know, I, I it's going to be a 930 kickoff, but I am really, really looking forward to, and I've reached out to ESPN to try to have somebody on Thursday's show to talk about this Toy Story animated broadcast. I am so fascinated by this whole idea and just how it's going to work. So I really, again, I want to talk to somebody about that. So hopefully somebody will come on and that'll be the show for Thursday. So if it's not, then you guys know that that didn't ultimately end up working out. But hey, I'm going to shoot my shot. And uh, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it works out. But I think that's a cool idea. The Falcons, you know, get to see an animated Bajan Robinson, hopefully touchdown run. Like that'll be fun. Calvin Ridley versus AJ Terrell, like, Let's not linger on this loss too, too much. It's an away game. It's early. It's, yeah. We're two and one. That's not where most people thought we'd be right now after three. Exactly. So I'll take it. I just know that we got to learn from this, put in our rear mirror, and we'll focus on getting the win, you know, across the pond. (laughs) Beautiful. Focus on getting a win across the pond. Uh, We are going to go. Say hello to Big Ben, Parliament, all of that great stuff. All the Falcons fans uh, over in Europe, although in Germany, I guess that's technically like our sister country. But yeah. catch them next time. Uh, <laughs> going to going to jolly old uh, London town. But that will do it uh, for Ovi and I today. Please follow us on Twitter at Ovi Mahaley thirty four at Will McFadden. Check us out on YouTube. Believe in Falcons. Uh, shoot us an email. Believe in Falcons at gmail.com. Probably do a mailbag sometime soon once we get, you know, four or five game sample size. Get some questions in there uh, and get your thoughts on all of that. Ovi, anything else before I let you go? Nah, man. Um, you know, watch the game in person. I, I really feel like we do have the core of something special. We just didn't show out today. So, uh, Falcons fans, don't worry. The sky is not falling. You know, Ritter is not all the way out. Um, We have some work to do, but we can put in that work. And with the guys we have on the team, the leaders, I think we're more than capable from bouncing back. Nobody's been putting in more work today than you, Ovi. It's been a long day. You've traveled. You've you've gone, you know, multiple states. Yep. You your voice is totally gone. Uh, So we're going to we're going to wrap this bad boy up. But today's show, as always, was presented Buy bet online. Catch you guys on Thursday. Until then, everybody, take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.